Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. It is December 20th, the last day of the universe, I guess, for the humans. The last day on Earth, everybody. Well, we can look at it this way since Japan's about 10 hours ahead of us. They're already gone. So, you know, go out and spend all your money now because it ain't going to be there tomorrow because. Evidently, there is a gigantic hoax going around that the Mayans predicted the world would end when, in essence, all they said would it would it would be a new age or a new hearth. So it takes a little over 5,000 years, but hey, who am I to argue with conspiracy theorists that are probably sitting in their metal bunkers right now? So... Thanks for joining us. Uh, Jake Counts, I got Andrew Johnson coming on board here in a little bit. He's tying up some business. I know, tying up business at 9 o'clock at night. What an evil, evil American. But anyway, topic for the show today. Well, what's been going around the entire United States and probably the world over the last couple uh, couple of days since the uh, since the shooting. Actually, I even talked about it on my last show, so it's like two shows in a row for this. But um, let's dig into the facts about gun control, and let's dig into the facts about what we really should do. And I pose the question. So for any of you out there that want to call in and weigh in on this question, which those of you that do listen live, thank you for tuning in tonight. And those of you that download, hey, try to catch me live sometime. Call into the show. Give me your thoughts. Even if it's not what I think, you know, let's get different perspectives out here, and let's, you know, let's talk through this like civilized people rather than um, bantering back and forth like the lamestream media likes to do and take their talking points and run with it. One thing I do want to bring up, did anybody notice the complete cluster of the news organizations trying to scoop one another about what really happened out there in in Newtown? I mean, did anybody see this? It's just a, it was like Oh, well, there was a guy with two pistols and one kid got shot. Oh, no, it's 20 people and now it's an AR. There was a guy in the bushes, but he's not in the bushes. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Just get the facts and then put them out. Vet your stuff. Don't try to scoop everybody. But that's what we've turned into. We've turned into a society of instant gratification, you know, humans. We're so used to having things instantly. 
Oh my gosh, if I had to go back to dial-up right now, I'd probably lose my lose my mind. I think everybody else would too. I remember having to wait for a web page to load. I bet anybody that's under the age of 25 doesn't remember having to wait for a web page to load. But hey, that's where we are, and that's what humans can do. We can do great things, and we can also commit great atrocities like murdering 20 kids. So let's take a look at what's really going on here. Is it the gun culture? Who knows? Is it the fact that we don't have enough people armed? Who knows? But it, are, are banning guns the answer? And I'm sorry to say this to some people. Banning guns is not the answer. Here's what happens. The psychological impact of people getting shot in the movie theater is pretty is pretty grotesque. Let's face it, that was that was horrible. I mean it's one of the places that you kinda do feel safe, is in like a movie theater with a bunch of other people. Knowing that if somebody like a fight breaks out that you know somebody's gonna break it up or something like that. But here's where it gets really interesting. Now we've got a bunch of kids murdered. And the psyche behind it is all of these kids are never going to go back to their parents. And so the parents get upset because they can't imagine dropping their kid off at school and then never being able to pick them back up again. So they get upset. And then the other people that don't like guns get upset because they feel that they feel that a person with a gun is a person with a temper that's going to lose their temper and shoot them to some extent. Let me let you in on a little secret here, people that don't like guns. The criminals don't give a flying rip that if guns are legal or illegal. They th These people peddle drugs and steal from people. Do you think that they really care if they're legal or illegal? The only thing that having a gun legal does is gives you an equal opportunity. Once again, like I said last week, it's a chance in a really, really bad situation. Would it have been better if somebody would have had a firearm at that school? Probably. Would he have killed some kids? Probably. But he probably wouldn't have killed 20. He would have probably killed I – don't, I don't even want to speculate. It's just horrible to speculate like that. But that's what we got to get over. This country, the United States, was founded on violence. Let's just be real with one another. We got oppressed, and that's why that's why the people came over to the United States. That's why the that's why everybody fled. It's because they were they were they were fleeing tyranny. So what happens? So they, you know, they get taxation without representation. You get the Stamp Act. You get soldiers, you know, living in your house with you, quartering soldiers, you know, that kind of thing. And then here's what here's what really really gets into me. And this is this is what I just don't understand, and I'll uh, I'll dive into this article if I've got time, but I'll post it on the website wearenotcattle.net, and also check out the YouTube channel uh, We Are Not Cattle TV. But um, Senator Barbara Boxer proposes using National Guard troops in schools. So never mind the fact that Posse Comitatus is dead. So now troops and and um, the police can now intermix 
which is interesting because every time you see these mass shootings, do yourself a favor. Go look at the pictures of mass shootings and, and do yourself a favor. Go look at the pictures of your local SWAT team. They're not wearing black uniforms anymore. They are paramilitary police, full-on camouflage. So here it is. It is the integration of the military-industrial complex and the localized police force with the SWAT tanks with all of it. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, SWAT tanks, just go to Google Images, hit SWAT tanks, and you'll see them. There are these armored tanks that the UN used to use in in battle in, in the in the United States military. They're retired military pieces of equipment, and, and local municipalities have these. For what? What in the heck do you guys need a battle tank for? Crime is not that bad. So piggybacking on to that. I want to um, I want to kind of yield the floor to to Ben Swan because this guy does a great job of uncovering everything and I'll and I've got the numbers here that he talks about the FBI's own numbers about violent crimes and how many are committed with a gun but I'm just going to let Ben Swan give you the the lowdown on what this really is and here's the part that we have to get over we have to take the emotion out of it it was a very emotional event for everyone. But just because it was an emotional event, don't get it in your head that we have to do something. Because if we don't do something, then this is going to happen again. No, it's a crazy person. Probably on SSRIs, which it looks like, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, which on the inserts say that you can have manic episodes and, and suicidal tendencies and even have a tendency for, for mass murder. And I've got friends that have taken these things, and they don't take them anymore because they say that, man, you have some crazy thoughts on these. Just beyond crazy. Didn't get into detail, but judging by the look on their face, it was, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my own life kind of deal. But side issue. So is it the gun or is it the SSRIs? Well, I'll put it to you this way. If the kid was mentally stable, do you think he would go in and shoot a bunch of people? Probably not. Do you think if these drugs really balanced him out the way that they say that they do, or the way the big pharma claims that they do, that he would have gone and shot all these people? Probably not. These people are not in a correct mental state. It, it, it's, it's impossible to get into their psyche. So I'm going to play this Ben Swan clip. we got uh, three minutes worth of it. And then I'm going to go ahead and give the number out for anybody who wants to call in. Call in number is 602-753-1916. 602-753-1916. I'll take your calls on the other side if anybody's out there listening wants to weigh in. But um, here is Ben Swan's take on guns, and he goes over some of the same topics that I do about it being an emotional event. And we really need to peel it back. And look at the facts. But remember, the media is going to seize on this because they need ratings, they need to sell commercials, mainly for Big Pharma, which about one out of every three commercials is some kind of drug. And it's always, ask your doctor if you don't feel, if you have trouble sleeping, if you're irritable, if you're ever hungry, ask your doctor if this is right for you. 
So it's almost like you, you get in this psychological thing of self-diagnosing, and it's like, oh, well, I do feel hungry a lot, and I do have trouble sleeping. I will ask my doctor about that. So just think about what's going on, everybody. And um, I'm going to play this clip, and I'll catch you guys on the backside. Hopefully by then my um, my guest will be done with his um, his business endeavor, and he'll be able to come on and, and comment on some of these things because I do want him to give his um, to give his insight on the difference between an assault rifle and a regular rifle. Because that's what I keep hearing people say is the meme is we got to get rid of these assault rifles. Got to get rid of these assault rifles and semi-automatic weapons. Guys, a semi-automatic weapon is a pistol that that you can shoot more than one shot. A revolver technically is a semi-automatic weapon. So, and then I hear people say, well, I don't mind if you guys have pistols and, and, and rifles to go hunting with, but you can't have an assault rifle and you can't have a semi-automatic weapon. Well, you just completely contradicted yourself. So which one is it? I say make bazookas legal. Forget it. Everybody gets a bazooka. Do you think that we'll have a lot of trouble then? Probably not. If you knew that somebody else had a firearm, it, it, trust me, it'll be a much peaceful place. You look at all these places where there's a high crime rate. Remember I reported on my show during, um, gosh, it must have been about a month or so ago, where they were having like 20 and 30 homicides a day in Chicago. Chicago's got like an almost complete gun ban. Same thing in New York. I talked to my friend from New York City because he got into this argument – or not an argument. It was a discussion with a, with a friend of ours from, from, um, from our little group, and a friend of ours from our group said that we need to kind of restrict guns. And he said, you know, I come from New York City where they have gun restrictions, and I've had a gun pulled on me four or five times. And the reason that they pulled it on me is because they were criminals, and they knew I didn't have one too. So I want a gun. Give me a gun in that situation. Because if if they know that you have a gun, it's it's the psychology behind the criminal. Is the guy coming up to rob you for twenty bucks looking to shoot you? No, he's looking to get your money. Is the guy that breaks into your house looking to kill you? No, he's looking to steal your stuff and go pawn it. You have to get over this fascination that 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 Hollywood has put in front of the American public is that. That if you have a gun, it's wild, wild west, and if you say one wrong thing to me, I'm going to pull it on you, and then we're just going to have a shootout in downtown L.A. So enough of me babbling about that. Here's Ben Swan clip, and then I'll catch you guys on the backside and break some of this stuff down. And I'll read you some excerpts from the actual FBI's own website from the crime statistics of last year and the violent crime statistics. Days after the Connecticut school shooting, there's been a lot of talk about the need for gun control laws to be more strict across the nation. And this is a highly charged issue. Some say stricter laws would protect the innocent, and others say it would do nothing but take guns away from law-abiding citizens. Tonight, we investigate the numbers in a reality check you won't see anywhere else. The language being used by gun control advocates, politicians, and many in the national media all sounds the same. We need to get angry about what happened in Connecticut. We must take serious action, they say, to prevent this from ever happening again. One of the toughest issues here is to separate the emotion from fact. Because it's easy to be angry at guns. But does that anger make sense? To be angry at the tool and not the user. Do you know how many gun-related deaths we have in America each year? According to the FBI's number for 2011, which is the last number where numbers are available, 
There were 12,664 murders in the U.S. Of those, 8,583 were caused by firearms, which means that 4,081 were committed without a firearm. Now let's stick to the numbers of firearm deaths. Nearly 8,600 murders committed with a firearm in 2011. Now the thinking is that if there were stricter gun laws, these 8,600 deaths, or many of them at least, would have been prevented. But is that true? Well, not necessarily. While guns are the most common tool used for murder, the second most common are knives and cutting objects. And the third, believe it or not, are fists and feet. But there is a bigger issue here. If guns are so dangerous of a tool that society must rid itself of them, is that true of other dangerous tools? While there are under 8,600 gun-related murders in the United States for 2011, there are over 11,000 drunk driving-related deaths, according to the New York Times. That means 2,500 more people are dying at the hands of drunk drivers than guns. So where's the outrage from Piers Morgan of CNN about legal alcohol for those drunk drivers? Where are the calls from Mayor Michael Bloomberg of New York to have a serious debate about banning cars? After all, there are 38,000 traffic deaths in the country every year. Well, what this means for you is that no one is going to move to take your car away because people will say, well, cars and guns, it's apples and oranges. After all, you need a car to get around, but you don't need a gun. Cars serve many purposes, but guns, they say, serve only one. That argument is not only untrue, but it serves to demonstrate the difference in worldview. Those who are calling for a ban on assault weapons and handguns are doing so because they believe that the greater good in society will be served by removing guns, even though the numbers show the greater good would be better served by removing all cars. The argument over guns isn't really over guns at all. It's over whether or not the individual in America has rights, rights to speech, rights to property, rights to keep and bear arms. We hear a lot about sovereign states these days. But the truth is, in the eyes of the founders, you are the sovereign. You have rights that no society, no government, and even the greater good cannot take away from you. And that... Yes, 100% on point. Remember, in the Constitution, it says, we the people. We the people give you the authority to do these things. But within creating the federal government, within creating the state governments, we do have unalienable rights, since we are a republic, that you can't violate. The right to free speech and free association, the right to bear arms, the right to not – let's see, what's the best word? Incriminate yourself. If you don't want to speak, you don't have to speak. I mean, these are real rights. And just because just because somebody does something atrocious doesn't mean that we all got to turn into zombies and go live into bubbles. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that you get to strip away all of our rights. You don't get to strip away the Second Amendment. You don't get to strip away these things just because some guy did something crazy. I just I, – I, I struggle with this a lot. It's What about the guy that's racing home from work that causes, causes a 15-car pileup because he's racing home from work 
and kills five or six people. There is absolutely no outrage. But if somebody gets shot with a firearm, then we just got to we got to go ahead and take that away from you because you can't be trusted with that. And he's exactly right. It comes down to the individual. Just because one person can't be trusted with something doesn't mean that another one can't. It's it's an analogy that I would uh, I would liken to the people that don't um that don't respect uh telecommuters. They think that, well, they're just working from home. When in actuality, uh, listen, I've sold stuff from my house, and I've sold stuff from an office. I am so much more productive working out of my home because it's still business at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if you're in a cubicle or you're in the comfort of your own home. It doesn't matter. You're doing it because it's your job. But the people that don't, trust the telecommuters and the people that work from home are the ones that wouldn't trust themselves. So in essence, when people tell me that they don't think that I should have a firearm, basically you're saying to me that you don't trust yourself enough to have a firearm. And I understand that it's a it's a for the greater good kind of deal. I understand that. I understand the theory behind it. But at the end of the day, the world is not perfect. We live in an imperfect world. And the best that we can do is manage. And the only way that we're going to manage is by doing what's worked over the past over 200 years. What's brought the most liberty? What has done all what what has done all these things? What you know, what is bringing all this stuff United States, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. What has all this stuff done? It has created the world's biggest and richest economy, country, individuals. I mean, why would we want to deviate from that? But we deviate from it all the time. And it's 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 asinine. So I've got another clip here. That I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and play for you guys, and then I'm gonna bring up. Um, I just saw um, just saw my my co-host log on here, so I'm gonna go ahead and play this clip for you guys. This is Larry Pratt, and who's the who's one of the chairman of uh, Gun Owners of America, and Pierce Morgan, and I'm actually gonna bring up Andrew because I want him to hear this so he can comment on this too. So let me pull him up here. You guys, bear with me for one moment. Okay, let's see. Ringing. Well, I'll go ahead and start the clip because dead air is never good. So I'll go ahead and start the clip, and then I'll message him and get his comment on the uh, on the other side of this Pierce Morgan and Larry Pratt debate. And what really aggravates me is that Pierce Morgan will ask a question, and then we'll start talking over Larry Pratt as if that, that gives him more more credibility, he'll ask him a question, then he'll start answering the question, then he'll start talking over him just because he doesn't respect his opinion. Just because you don't respect somebody's opinion or just because you don't agree with their opinion doesn't mean that you get to talk all over them and and stomp on their opinion, and it doesn't make it go away. 
So here is the Pierce Morgan clip, and then I'll catch you guys on the backside with my guest, Andrew Johnson, and we'll break down some of the um, the differences between firearms and stuff like that so you can get a real clear perspective about what people are really asking for and and just know your stuff. If you know what an assault rifle is, if you know what a semi-auto is, then you're good. But don't use nebulous terms that you don't have any idea what the answer or what, what they mean just because you heard it on CNN or you heard it on some other radio show and it sounded like it was a good idea. Like I said, banning guns sounds like a good idea, but guess what? The criminals are still going to have it, and I want to have a shot. Much like I said, a gun is just a chance in a really bad situation. So here's Larry Pratt and Pierce Morgan duking it out to two complete opposite ends of the spectrum, one of which is not an American-born citizen, yet coming over to lecture us about how we need to run our country more like more like the U.K., and more like Europe. Yeah, that's all right, Pierce. I'll take you know I'll take our deficit versus Spain right now and Greece. You guys keep going back to your collectivism over there. It's working out real well for you. Incredibly, gun sales are surging in the wake of the massacre at Sandy Hook Elementary School, Colorado and Virginia. Each set one-day records for background checks over the weekend as thousands of people lined up to buy guns themselves. My next guest says there is blood on the hands but of lawmakers who voted to ban guns from schools. Larry Pratt is the executive director of Gun Owners of America. He says that if more people with guns had been at Sandy Hook Elementary School, most of the victims might still be alive. Mr. Pratt, you'll be aware that your comments have ignited a lot of debate. Um, can you try and explain to me why you believe the answer to this is to arm teachers. Well, the alternative is what we have seen, where people were reduced to waiting to be murdered without able to, being able to do anything effective to protect themselves or the adults to protect the children. So it, it seems so obvious that since we have concealed carry laws in all of our country now, people can get a concealed firearm, and yet we have laws that say not in schools. And so in the very places that have been sought out by monsters, such as the murderer of these adults and children, we're saying, no, we don't want you to be able to defend yourself. It's better that you just sit there and wait to be killed. And we find that morally uh, incomprehensible and deeply disturbing that the desire to defend life has been so cast aside into whatever political correctness views guns as uh, the ultimate evil. Evil's in our hearts, not in the guns. Where would the teachers put the guns? Uh, people can carry firearms in a concealed fashion, do it all the time. The well, wait, a minute, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. So in a school full of 600 children, including five and six-year-olds, you would have teachers walking around armed, carrying the guns on them, where they may possibly fall and allow a five-year-old to pick it up and possibly misfire it. Is that your, that's your people solution? Are, people are walking around with guns outside of schools uh, all over our country, and we don't have those kinds of problems. You can always play the what-if game. But you have, you but have, but even Mr. Pratt, you, Mr. Pratt have, you, have, you have enormous problems in this country. You have over 300 million guns. You have 311 million people, many of which are children. 
You have more than a gun per adult in this country, and you have by far the worst rate of gun murder and gun crime of any of the civilized countries of this world. How can you, you possibly will, argue uh, that the let answer, me argue then. I'm asking you this question. Let me, let How me can answer. you argue that the, the logical... Please stop laughing. Uh, because Please you're, stop you're laughing, saying, uh, what sir. is your argument, and then you won't let me I'm make an argument. I'm going to ask you the question, but if you could stop You've laughing... You've already posited the if question. You could stop. Let me answer your question. I haven't asked you the, the question. Uh, My question is this. If you could stop laughing for a moment. It is this. Why do you believe given that you have 300 million guns in circulation and the worst gun crime rate of any of the civilized countries of the world, that more guns is the answer to less gun murder. Because the problem occurs, sir, in those areas precisely where we have said no guns. The problem doesn't occur where the guns are allowed freely to be carried, to be used by people. There we have very low murder rates. We have lower murder rates in other parts of the country than, than even in Europe, than even where you come from. But what has created the problem in the United States is to say in cities and schools, uh, those are areas where we're not going to allow. So he goes on to say that those are the areas that we're not going to allow firearms. And Pierce Morgan goes on to call him an idiot or something like that. But you have to understand the way that Pierce Morgan worded all of his questions and worded all of his statements. When he said that we have the most gun deaths of any civilized nation, and that's correct. Yeah, probably because we've got 300 million guns. But it doesn't mean that we're the most violent nation out there. He just put the gun tag on it so that he could use the statistics to manipulate the audience. It's what this guy does a lot. He drives me absolutely crazy. Then the reason that he probably can't go back to London is because the so-called newspaper, I would call it a toilet paper that you are the editor of, was caught in that little phone hacking scandal where you guys were spying on all the royals and all that good stuff and tapping people's phones and wiretapping. And you're over here lecturing me about how I need to do what's right? I mean, this is – I mean, I don't know if Pierce Morgan does this just to just to get a rile out of people, but it's utterly ridiculous. It's utterly utterly ridiculous to sit there and and try to not have a not have an intellectual debate with somebody giving points and counterpoints but start talking over them and then tell them how stupid they are. You really are a stupid man, aren't you? You're very stupid. I see that. I mean, what a pompous windbag. But that's what our nation is turning into. We're turning into a bunch of of people that will just manipulate especially in the media, that will just manipulate the masses because the, they know that the masses, not people that listen to my show, and that's why you need to spread the word about the show because you got to get people thinking, man. we got to get people thinking. we we got enough canaries out there. we got enough people going around repeating things just to repeat. Well, I don't mind you having a pistol, but you can't have a semi-auto. You have no idea what you're talking about. Just go back to, oh, go back to watching Jersey Shore, and by the way, 29 minutes. It's the last episode of Jersey Shore, everybody. How how convenient is that? The Jersey Shore is going to be it's going to have their last episode air at the end of the world. That's really fitting, isn't it? Here in the U.S. 
Uh, that's a side issue anyway. So what are we getting into here? What do we really need to dive into and understand? Well, we need to understand the fact that the guns have been on the table of, and I hate to call you guys out, but the Democratic Party has got this utopian idea that if we take the guns, then all violent crime will stop. All these crimes will go away. Nobody will ever get hurt because only the police will have guns. Have you guys seen the videos of the police absolutely just murking people? Like the guys in San Francisco that got a guy and handcuffed him, and he wasn't even doing anything, wasn't even resisting, and the cop just pulls out his gun and shoots him twice in the back? Where Where is his protection? Oh, it's the cop. Oh, you mean the cop that shot him in the back? You mean the cop that killed him? That's his protection? And I'm not bashing cops, but but you have to look at the entire picture, the entire scope. Police officers are just citizens with, with arrest powers that are deputized. They're, they're not any different than you and me. They don't think any differently than you and I. They, they have discernment. They have understanding. They have willpower. And uh, I think I just picked up my uh, my guest for the show. Andrew, did I get you? And finally, after you know, fifteen minutes of us skyping back and forth. Hey, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh my gosh! Yeah. So right. modern technology is great, except for when it's not working in your favor. Uh, Andrew, just uh, to recap what we've been going over here, what I've been going over. I just paid, played the Pierce Morgan clip with Larry Pratt, where he basically toes the line that. That the American people have over 300 million guns, and it's just atrocious, and then we have the worst gun violence of any civilized nation. And he makes sure to use gun violence because he can't use real violence because if you remember, which I'm sure you do because you and I talked about it last year during the little hoodie riots or whatever in England where these these owners, these store owners were having to defend their defend their stores from looters with like bats and stuff like that. Do you, do you, as a fellow gun owner, and I'm going to go ahead and spill the beans here. Andrew does own a firearm, so he's evil. And um, yeah. So, do you think that all of those looters would have gone in and robbed and, and grabbed all those iPads and stuff like that if the owners were able to have firearms to protect their businesses? I mean, you as a small business owner, how would you feel if somebody came up to your truck and started stealing all the cables out of there? You know, that's inventory that you paid for. Absolutely. We deal with that uh, swiftly. So, I mean, do you do you think that it would have made a big difference if if the British people were allowed to have, let's just say, let's just say pistols because they're not allowed to have anything. Do you think that it would have been safer for a, a store owner to have a, a just a regular old, you know, uh, even a, a nine millimeter, even a even a 22 pistol behind the counter to protect his inventory. Do you think that all those looters would have come in there and and just started you know breaking stuff and and shutting his store down because they don't have any more inventory? Uh, I think very few. You'd probably have a crazy one here or there, but they'd find out pretty quickly that uh, they're no match for a gun. Okay, so I was actually prefacing you quite a bit through the first part of this broadcast, and um, I was telling the story about how I've had people say that. Well, it's okay if you own guns, Jake. I don't mind if you own a pistol or if you own a hunting rifle, but we need to ban the the assault rifles and you and and also semi-autos. So I was kind of dispelling that, that, I was dispelling the myth that 
that a semi-auto is no different from a pistol and a rifle is no different like a deer rifle is really no different than an assault rifle just except for a few components you want to elaborate on that a little bit you have a lot more knowledge in this area than i do well i mean most of the snipers are using uh some sort of a hunting rifle they're not using uh semi-autos um well in like the assault rifle version of it so they do they inflict heavy casualties so that argument's kind of false, but it's very simple. The Constitution doesn't pick and choose. It says we have the right to bear arms. And I, I think we should be able to have the same grade equipment the military has. That's what keeps a tyrannical government in check, keeps them polite. Hey, nobody's disrespectful at a gun range or at a gun show. You know, you don't have guys that uh, are rude to you very often. Um, there's, a, there's a sort of respect and politeness and, and humanity that's brought around with it as well. It puts you on, on your toes. And one thing that I mentioned earlier in the show, and perhaps you can elaborate on this also, is that the people that that believe that, that firearms are bad have have either never handled a firearm before or or they all they know from firearms is what they see in movies and in television where it's you know, if you have a gun and somebody starts bad mouthing you, you pull out the gun instantly and put it in their face and threaten to kill them. You and I both know that no respecting carry and conceal gun owner or even an open carry gun owner would ever point a firearm at somebody unless they were threatened or unless they were trying to stop a crime. So in essence, in essence, they're almost like a cop except they don't have the shiny badge in the fact that they could deter crime and even reject crime with their firearm in the given situation, what what would you say to that? I'm sorry, Jake. Give it to me again. We had some network issues there. I'm just saying from, from your perspective, do you think that it's a fear of the public from from firearms in the sense that – in the sense that oh, like, everybody, like everybody's going to be a gangbanger, right? And it's like this 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 thing that they get in their head that if somebody owns a gun, that at the first sign of an escalation, whether it's an argument, a, a, a traffic, you know, a, a, you know, you bump into somebody in traffic, you get a fender bender, that they're just going to pull the gun out and stick it in your face. No, actually, I think it's the opposite effect. If anybody's ever carried a weapon, they'll tell you that. Um, you're actually more cautious. Uh, yeah, you're aware of what's going on. You wouldn't leave somebody in a desperate situation, but you avoid conflicts one on one with with an individual. Yeah, and then, but from their perspective, the people that think that you and I, you know, we have the right to to guns as long as it's a a, a full well, moon, a full how- moon, and and all, and you know, and we're we're standing on our head and and we're inside of our own you know closet in our house. It's okay to have a gun then. I. I would ask them how, in their lifetime how many times have they seen somebody uh, pull a gun? No, that's a really good question because the, the majority of them are going to say never. Because like, you know, like you and I are talking about and discussing because this is this is the type of conversation you have to have with people because once you realize people that throughout history anytime they take the guns, whether it's small arms, you know, you know, rifles, whatever. Once they start taking the guns, it's open season because you have no way to fight back. You and, and I'm not talking fight back physically, but think about it this way. And Andrew, I'm sure you can follow the bouncing ball of logic because you you've read a lot of Ron Paul's books and you understand 
you know, where this government is going with the NDAA and the indefinite detention and stuff like that, they're putting these things in place, not to say that they're going to use them, but they're pretty much putting them in place saying, okay, if you guys really want to resist this stuff, then we're just going to brown bag you and throw you off somewhere. But what happens is you have the other counterbalance with these 300 million gun owners saying, why don't you just try to ship a couple of us off, and then we're just going to come down to Washington well, and not necessarily get violent, but we're just going to show up and say you guys are all out. I, I kind of see what they're doing with uh, you know all this talk about mental illness and guns, Jake. I just want to touch there real quick while it's fresh on my mind. No, because uh, you know you know what's going to happen. They're going to have the ink blot test that nobody can really pass. Exactly. Say what do you what do you what do you see? I see a ladybug. Well, you obviously have oppositional defiant disorder, which means you don't trust the government. You are not allowed to carry a firearm. Yeah. Oh, and uh, oh, you were a prepper. Oh, well, then you're definitely red flagged. You know, they're they're going to use any excuse, and then who's really going to be judging those? That, oh. That's what concerns me. Oh, speaking of that, have you seen the the new uh, Rand Paul uh, NDAA uh, video? No, unfortunately, I haven't. Well, you're in luck because I've got the audio for you right here, and it's only three minutes. So I'm going to play this, and I want you and everybody at home listen to what goes on here. This is kind of a compilation. But really, it's right in line with what Andrew and I are talking about, and then on the backside, we'll break down the audio from this clip. And um, Andrew, you were right on point, and I, I cannot wait till you hear this because you're going to be shocked that you are almost clairvoyant in this, in this little uh, talk track that we've had. So here's the clip, and then we'll catch it on the backside. Awesome. The Constitution says if the government wants your life or your liberty or your property... It has to articulate to a jury what law you have violated and prove its case beyond a reasonable doubt to that jury. It's called due process. My well-intentioned colleagues' admonitions in defending provisions of this defense bill say that we should give up certain rights, the right to due process. My question would be, under the provisions, would it be possible that an American citizen then could be declared an enemy combatant and sent to Guantanamo Bay and detained indefinitely? I think that as long as that uh, individual, uh, no matter who they are, if they pose a threat to the security of the United States of America, should not be allowed to continue that threat. There are laws on the books now that characterize who might be a terrorist. Someone missing fingers on their hands is a suspect, according to the Department of Justice. Someone who has guns, someone who has ammunition that is weatherproofed, someone who has more than seven days of food in their house can be considered a potential terrorist. If you are suspected by these activities, do you want to have the government have the ability to send you to Guantanamo Bay for indefinite detention? And when they say, I want my lawyer, you tell them, shut up. Your time is to get a lawyer. You're an enemy combatant. Their legislation would arm the military with the authority to detain indefinitely, without due process or trial, people suspected of an association with terrorism. These would include American citizens apprehended on American soil. I want to repeat that. We are talking about people who are merely suspected of terrorism or suspected of committing a crime 
and have been judged by no court, we are talking about American citizens that could be taken from the United States and sent to a camp at Guantanamo Bay and held indefinitely. The great concern that we have now in terms of the security of the homeland uh, is from so-called uh, homegrown terrorists, radicalized Americans. But some of the things that make you suspicious of terrorism are having food, having more than seven days of food, missing fingers on your hand, having ammunition, having weatherproofed ammunition, having several guns at your house. Is that enough? Are you willing to sacrifice your freedom for liberty? The rules, the binding chains of the Constitution were written so that it didn't matter who was in power. In fact, they were written to protect us and our rights from those who hold power with good intentions. We are not governed by saints or angels. That's why we have laws and rules that restrain what the government can do. That's why we have laws that protect you and say you're innocent until proven guilty. That's why we have laws that say you should have a trial before a judge and a jury of your peers before you're sent off to some prison indefinitely. Yeah, so Andrew, you know me very, very well. And are you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. That was chilling. Okay, so you know what really sucks is that I check every one of those boxes. <laughs> I... For those of you that don't know out there, I um I had a surgery when I was a kid, so I'm missing a digit. So I'm a terrorist. I have um I have firearms, so I'm a terrorist. And I have more than seven days of food in my house. So you know, ipso facto. Well you're I'm a crazy, you're a crazy terrorist prepper. Oh my gosh. Isn't that really, really creepy? I mean, just the, whoever put that video together for Rand Paul did an outstanding job doing the splicing and stuff. But that just that creeped me out today, man. When I saw that on when I saw that on Facebook, I just went I was like, Oh boy. And this is the kind is of stuff what, we're talking what, about, people. Is this what the mid thirties in Germany was like? The the late to mid thirties? Well, the timelines are a little bit skewed, but the but the way that the things break down, um, it'll escalate rather quickly. You know what's funny? It's like a – the way that I look at the United States, and you guys can go back and look at this because, Andrew, do you remember what I read through you on – to you on the – on the Wikipedia page on um, on Stalin about him collectivizing the uh, the farms and all that stuff. Oh yeah. And then having the um, the Balkanization Act. You guys need to go read that. That will creep you out because if for those of you that are paying attention, the U.S. government is starting to really crack down on small farms, people selling raw milk, those types of things, even co-ops. And co-ops are basically a group of people get together. And they do either swap meats and stuff like that, or they will actually have a a garden and certain people grow certain things, and they all come together and they just exchange goods. But they're starting to outlaw those, and they're starting to put those away. Why? Because they want um, they want the big agra to have these combines, which is exactly what they did back in Soviet Russia, right before Stalin took you know took control. They started going to these large combines. Guaranteeing the people all of these great jobs, number one, extreme return on food. They're like, if we consolidate this, we'll have you know 200% surplus, and everything will be great. And, and it just never works out that way. So what we find ourselves in is in a position to where 
we're staring down, and I never thought I would say this, Andrew, in my entire life, but we're staring down a federal government that is teetering on the verge of just taking the Constitution and proverbially, and I hate to use this expression, but basically wiping its ass with it and then shoving it in our face as Americans and saying, what are you going to do? Because we can secretly arrest you, detain you, do whatever. What are you guys going to do? And Andrew, I want to get your perspective from, you know, let's get back to the to the rifles and stuff like that, because that's where you really need to to start educating people on, on what the difference in these things are. So, Andrew, the difference between an assault rifle, let's say an AR, and just a regular old deer hunting rifle that's got a magazine, like a five-round magazine in it, like a thirty thirty. What's the difference in those two firearms? I, I just I can't see much difference. I mean, other than look, they they can both do what they're designed to do. Exactly, exactly. There is really they, no. They shoot, they shoot one bullet at a time. We're, we're not talking about full auto, you know, machine guns. That's even higher of um, FBI background checks that have to be done. Yeah, you and still look, have. Yeah, go ahead. You're still having all of these checks done when you buy them now. So the gun control doesn't work. We need less gun control. Well, I don't even know if we need less gun control. I think that the system we have in place is pretty good. And the fact of the matter is is that this kid that created this giant atrocity, they always talk about how, well, his mom had five guns. Well, his mom wasn't the one with a mental illness. He was, and he tried to go buy guns the month before, and he got rejected five times by the Knicks database. They're like, no. You've gone through psychiatric evaluation. No, you're on serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or you're on selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. We're not giving you a firearm because you have the potential with those drugs to absolutely snap and go kill some people. And lo and behold, what happens? The guy gets a hold of the firearms, and he snaps and goes and kills a bunch of kids. And I know it's a huge atrocity, Andrew, and I talked about this on the front end, and I want to get your take on it because you know, we got 10 minutes left here in the show, but we still got a lot here to talk about. So here is what my thought was, the entire thought that I said. You know, it was a great atrocity. Yes, it was horrible. You killed a bunch of kids. What did those kids do? They were just there to paint and, and play with building blocks, and, and that was it, and go home to their parents and get ready for Santa. I mean, that was it. So it's an emotionally charged event, but then what happens is – you have you have the hype and the buildup from the media about how terrible this is, and then what happens is you get people in a frenzy, and much like the the mob mentality, the mob starts moving to, well, we can't just do nothing, and then the politicians press the button, and, and they did it. You, you see the politicians. They come out, and they say, this time we have to take action. This time we have to do something. And then the sheep line up and say, "You're right. We got to do something. We got to ban semi-autos. We got to ban assault rifles. We got to ban stuff. I don't even know what the hell those things are, but that sounds like a good idea. So let's ban them because that would make me feel good. Like I'm on the winning team. Like I did something. I yes, I'm backing this because we have to do something. We can't just stand by and do nothing. What would you say to that, Andrew? I feel I feel a lot better with armed teachers. I mean, we trust them around our kids. What we can't trust them with a weapon." Yeah, and you miss the uh, the Pierce Morgan clip where he talks – this guy has probably never fired a firearm in his life and would probably wet his pants if he saw an empty gun laying on the table. But what he said um, to Larry Pratt of Gun Owners of America, Andrew, he said this. He said, well, if it's – he goes, if the teacher's walking around with a gun, 
What happens if the student gets a hold of it? What happens if it falls out of her what happens if it falls out of their holster and goes off? Like really dude, do you even know how a safety works on a firearm? You can't do, I mean you can in like really really odd scenarios. You can drop a gun on the ground with the safety on and it may go off. And but you the, could get stung by me and die too. I mean No, but that's not sexy. See, guns are very sexy because they're scary. And then you have Hollywood hype up the gun culture and 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 the gangster culture. It's not even really a gun culture. I'd call it a gangster culture, wouldn't you? I mean, the gun culture is people like myself and yourself, Andrew. That hey, I just want to get a box of fifty. You know, I just want to get a box of fifty. Want to go to the range. I want to you know squeeze the trigger because it's it's a great release. And not saying from like a manly perspective because it takes a lot of concentration, takes a lot of focus. And you got to control your breathing. There's a lot that goes into being a very good target shooter. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. It's it's like a sport. It takes practice, and you have to hone your skill. I mean, it's almost like shooting pool. You don't see people shooting pool just running around like they're on, you know, like they're on coke or anything like that, just whacking pool balls around. You have to sit there. You have to, you know, plan out your shot. You got to th- you got to be focused. You got to be steady. You got to control your breathing. Got to control your nerves. A lot of stuff has to go on, but you know, side issue with all that stuff, but what I really wanted to talk about, Andrew, with all of this gun thing, is I want to talk about the FBI statistics that you and I talked about the other day. <laughs> and here is a, and here is a, here is an article from the Washington Times on June 18th, and here is just the first part of the the article, and I'll post this on my website. And it says, gun control advocates are noticeably silent when when crime when crime rates decline. With a multi with a multi million dollar lobbying efforts are designed to manufacture mass anxiety that every gun owner is a potential killer. The statistics show otherwise. This is the Washington Times called Miller Gun Ownership Up, Crime Down. Google it if you want to read it. I'm going to post it on my website later. Last week, the Federal Bureau of Investigation announced that its violent crimes went down 4% in 2011. The number of murders, rapes, robberies, aggravated assaults all went down, continuing the pattern. So what does this tell you, Andrew? What have we seen over the last year? What have people been doing ever since you know Obama was looking like he was getting elected? Gun sales go through the roof. You start seeing the economy decline. Gun sales start going through the roof. Storable food starts going through the roof. And now you see the correlation of that with the guns, the, the gun sales going up, violent crimes going down, and now you take the take the ball and run with it. What can you say? What is your conclusion as a rational human being from that? The smart people know that you have to take it on to yourself to protect yourself with food, guns, whatever it might be. Yeah, and it goes back to the old mantra is that as a human being, you should be responsible for you. You should be responsible for your own success. You shouldn't have to worry about others to make you successful. You should be responsible for your own success. You shouldn't have to live off your fellow citizens because you don't want to get up and get a job or because it's too tough to work two jobs. Dude, I've worked two jobs and went to school. I, I mean, I understand. I've been there. It's rough. But you know, you, you need to be responsible for yourself and you need to be responsible for your own safety. And that's what owning a gun is, is taking that leap from leaving it in the hands of a cop that's probably 20 or 30 minutes away if somebody breaks into your house 
to taking and empowering yourself and giving yourself the opportunity to once again, a gun is just an opportunity or it's a chance in a really bad situation. Andrew, what do you have to say to all that? I'd agree. I'd much rather have that fighting chance, Jake. <laughs> so you don't want to you don't want to be disarmed and and just you know call nine one one and and just hope that the cops show up there in time to to you know to bail you out of your your um your terrible situation. No, that there's not a cop on every corner. In fact, if if one just one person had been armed, one of the uh, teachers that had responded, maybe even the principal had been armed, um, a lot of that probably could have uh, changed, turned out differently. Yeah, I said that at the beginning of the show. Instead of having 20 kids dead, you, he might have gotten a couple of them, but I'm definitely sure he's not getting 20. But, you know, to your point, Andrew, there's an article that came out today um, at about um, 4.30 in the morning, and it's from uh, Barbara Boxer out there in California, and she's proposing that we use National Guard troops in the schools. <laughs> doesn't that That's sound fun? Serious? That sounds like freedom, doesn't it? Having an armed militia in your school, doesn't that sound like freedom? Yeah, let's let's give up our freedom for safety and we'll have neither. Exactly, exactly. But you know what? It is so fun to get scared of guns. It really is. And, you know, guys, I, I, I try to understand it. I really do. But at the end of the day, it is not the gun that kills the person. It's the person that pulls the trigger that kills the other human being. You know, we can't walk around... You know, just like I said on my radio show last week, let's just everybody cut their hands off. If you guys want to go full-on collectivism, everybody cut their hands off because then we won't be able to stab anybody. We won't be able to shoot anybody. We won't be able to smother anybody with pillows. Nobody will die. Nobody will die. Nobody will have hands. Everything will be great. Yeah, except you won't be able to feed yourself. <laughs> I think we can figure out a way to, you know, everybody will get shakes or something like that. I'd have to invent some kind of shake machine, and then it would be like the world, you know, I'd be the entrepreneur of the world to have the, the handless shake machine. But it really does get to a point of lunacy when you're starting talking about having troops in schools. And then what will happen is they, the people that really want to bring about this one world government, this new world order, so they call it. And then people laugh at me, Andrew. It's so funny. People laugh at me, and they're saying, oh, the New World Order, that's conspiracy stuff. No. Even Pierce Morgan mentioned it on his show. He's like, so what is the role of your country in this New World Order? And what the New World Order will consist of, everyone, is just a microcosm. It's going to be a larger China for the most part. And then China even said today, Andrew, I don't even know if you read this article or not. China said it's it's now time for a, for the American government to start looking at banning guns. Is that a country that you're going to look at and go, "Wow, you guys are the model for civil, you know, you guys are the model for civil rights right there. You guys are the model. We're going to listen to exactly what you say. You guys have got it figured out." Oh my gosh, look at all the peace you got well, over there. Well, they have it they have it figured out if what you're looking for is an oppressive government. <laughs> Oh, they got it on point, man. You know, all we got to do, Andrew, is come in and chain our kids to light poles and go in and work in our slave factories and make sure we hit our numbers because if we don't hit our numbers, we don't get paid. Then we get to go jump off the roof of the building and commit suicide. But that's freedom. You know, yeah. and if you, and and here's what people don't understand is that Chinese people try to rebel all the time, but guess what? They've got no weapons. 
So the government just rolls in a bunch of tanks and blows up an entire village, and it's like, okay, well, squash that rebellion. It is absolutely ridiculous. Andrew, you got any closing thoughts, and then we'll we'll shut the show down. Sorry you got on with us late. I really love your input on this because I know this is a topic you're really passionate about. And so am I, too, because it's the cornerstone of liberty. The cornerstone of liberty is is to be, number one, to be able to speak your mind, and number two, to be able to defend yourself. Yeah, I would encourage anybody out there, Jake, uh, that's listening to, to go down – and you can go to most gun ranges and rent a gun mm-hmm. and see if you like it. They'll even train you. You don't have to go in there without knowing anything. Tell them you want to fire a gun. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it's it's not nearly as intimidating after you've done it a couple of times. And, it, and you, you know what? You actually might like it, guys. So, once again, this show is always about trying to get people to, to have a conversation. And I'm not going to say everything that you're always going to agree with. And Andrew's not going to say things that you're always going to agree with. So just take those things and push them off to the wayside. But if we say stuff that makes sense, take it and run with it. You know, we all need to get informed, and we need to have an intellectual revolution here because the way that we're seeing this thing, whole whole thing metastasize with the, with the world government being announced, and it's been announced for the last couple of years, and they just kind of slowly phase us in – and then, you know, the, the open call for restricting guns and then even moving forward from that, the fiscal cliff, which is just, once again, just propaganda so that they can bail out the banks and, and just get the, get the people used to having these big events so that they can scare you. It's scaremongering. So, once again, everybody, get a friend, get informed, and get involved, and let's try to beat these people that are really trying to change society and social engineer us into a bunch of slaves. And that's exactly what it is. And it'll get worse and worse the more that you slip into this denial that this is not going on, the worse it's going to get. So the best advice I can have for you, do what I do, try to get active, try to speak your mind, try to get other people to pay attention, and let's see if we can change this stuff. Let's see if we can restore the republic and get some of these warmongers that are in Congress. Let's get them out of there. I love how, Andrew, this is what I love. I love how we kill 20 people here in the U.S. and everybody raises a stink. You you shoot a couple of missiles with a Predator drone into a building, which we don't even know who the enemy is in there. And even it, our government's own numbers admit that drone attacks are only 3% successful. I mean, what is, does that make you feel like that we're, that we're going through all the proper intelligence and data gathering in order to execute these, these, these hellfire missiles and things that are, that are blowing up buildings and, and, and you know, shooting them into to weddings and stuff like that? Do you think that that's real? Do you think that that's a real civilized country? And then we turn it back on ourselves and say, well, guns are bad because they killed a bunch of little kids. You got it wrong, though. We're sending freedom missiles over there, brother. Oh, that's right. Those are – yeah, because we, we – um, what did we do? We we liberated Libya. Wasn't that it? <laughs> and, then, and then gave it to the Muslim Brotherhood, and then they started, you know, chopping – you know, lining up the blacks and chopping their heads off mm-hmm. by the thousands. That's freedom right there, everybody. So, hey – at the end of the day, people, we got to get informed and we got to know what's going on. I just saw a, a news clip, really good. They've got this new network coming out, and I'll post it on my site. I can't remember. It's called the newnewsnetwork.com, I think. 
It's a triple N. Go check it out. It starts tomorrow, I think, the 22nd on the end of the world, so it probably won't even get to air. But once again, man, everybody get informed, get involved. Andrew, thanks for being on the show today. Always love your perspective. We'll have you on soon again. I'm going to have another guest host on next week, and uh, we're going to talk about some guys that are running for president that we're all going to be able to get behind in 2016 if we can make it there you know, with the end of the world being tomorrow and all. So thanks for listening, everybody. Share the broadcast with everyone you know. God bless America and love liberty and love freedom. You must know life to see decay, but I won't It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.